In this episode, we sit down with Devin Brooks, the founder of Blow Blow Dry Bar and Sphere, to talk about her journey and experience with coaching and why she thinks coaching is fundamentally broken. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. This is one of those conversations that was just incredible fun from start to finish. It gave me the opportunity to learn about the coaching world in a little bit more detail from someone who has been on all sides of it. Devin Brooks grew up raised by coaches. Her mom was a coach and she helped sort of solidify her views on the world. And then as she grew older, as she started her own business with her mom, she hired coaches to help her as she was navigating each of the different shifts that she had in her own life. Then she became a coach and finally now she's building a platform to make coaching more accessible for the people who need it most. And that's really exciting to me. She is doing the work to take this thing, this thing we know has value, and not only make it more accessible from a cost perspective, but also make it more accessible and reliable from an outcome perspective. So in this first conversation, this is first of a series of three episodes with Devin. In this first conversation, we talk about her background. We talk about founding Blow Blow Dry Bars, the first and fastest growing blow dry bar chain in the country. We talk about that process. We talk about her journey into coaching, and we talk about what she thinks we need to be keeping in mind as we take our personal development journey. So this is a great conversation. One, I'm super, super excited to jump into. Now, before we start, I put together something that I think is going to help you beat procrastination. So here's how it works. If you have a task you've been procrastinating on, something that is important that you need to get started, whether it's for your personal or professional life, and you've just been putting it off, I put together a bot that's going to help you take action in the next 10 minutes. All you have to do is text the word START to 910407 one nine seven nine when you do the bot is going to help you get started with whatever thing you've been procrastinating on in the next 10 minutes now that doesn't mean you need to finish the task in those 10 minutes but it does help you to get over the hump of starting so if that sounds interesting to you text the word start to nine one zero four zero seven one nine seven nine uh the link and number is of course in the description as well this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. 
All right, I'm here with Devin. Thank you so much for uh, uh, spending the time with us today, sharing your experience. Um, the first thing that I, I really wanna get into, we need to better understand who you are and uh, for lack of a, a better phrase, why we should pay attention to anything you have to say. <laughs> um, sure, I dig that. Um, so it is uh, such a pleasure to meet you, Greg, and to be here with you. Um, you know, my background is that um, my journey to Sphere started a long time ago. I was raised by a coach, an extraordinary leadership coach, my mom, and uh, was really given this, this gift and this vernacular from a very young age. Although I would say I didn't fully understand, in fact, what the gravity of what I had been given until I was immersed into a leadership position at about 20, 21 years old and started my first business with my mom as my business partner. Um, oh, that's cool. We, yeah. Oh gosh. It was so fun. Very rewarding. We can talk all about, you know, being in business with people you love for sure. And um, we started this business together. I was 21. I was catapulted into leadership and my role was new market success. So we would jump me into every new market where we were expanding. We have at now 130 locations around the world today. Um, and I would go light that market ablaze and I would seed and nurture and support the leadership development of our franchise partners. So I leaned on coaching extremely heavily. It became the backbone of our culture, of our success as founders between myself, my mom, and our best friend, Val Litwin, who was our third partner in Blow Blow Dry Bar. And uh, through that business, we defined a new market category. And that category became the fastest growing category in the beauty business globally over the next 10 years. And Damn. so that was my, my foray into adulthood and to entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. it's really where I cut my teeth as a young leader and, and as a coach. You're 2021. 20, where do you get this idea? Like, why was this something you, you and your mom decided to pursue in the first place? Yeah. Um, I, I had been on a number of calls with my mom uh, jamming at that time. I was going to school at the London College of Fashion in England, and I was in year two of my three-year program. And we were sort of on the phone jamming as we, as we did, we'd write a lot of business ideas on, on napkins and, and, mm -hmm. um, she had had a few businesses. So she had been an entrepreneur since I was in diapers and she'd always been identifying opportunities or solving problems through business as a vessel for impact. So that's what I had seen my whole life. Um, even in pursuing a degree in college, um, I don't think that I was ever on a sort of path to go get a job, I was on a path to figure out which problems I was interested in wanted to solve. And she and I were on the phone. Really quickly, I apologize. That's such a great way to categorize uh, uh, just education in general, like being on a path to figure out what problems you want to get involved with. That's amazing. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it, it's sort of the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate opportunity and the ultimate, um, expression of your interests and passion and self is yeah. is using that and then it could be that you you do find a place that's already solving that problem and you want to go be a part of it and maybe you don't so then you become an entrepreneur right and mm -hmm. and 
And so she and I were on the phone and she had just left some sort of top hundred business women in Canada event. And she was like, Dev, oh my gosh. All, like the top hundred most powerful women in Canada all had gym ponytails. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, they you know, obviously cared a great deal about how they present themselves. And we know how much that matters and how much is stacked against us as women in business or minorities in business. And um, they had put a lot of care into how they were presenting themselves, except they all had gym hair, ratty gym hair. And we feel like... <laughs> Why is that? They all had manis, petties, gel nails, you know, great ensembles and had been really considered in how they were presenting themselves. Um, but the same wasn't true for their hair. And we realized, well, we've had that experience where you walk into a salon and it takes too long. It's too expensive. We started to ask why that was. And very quickly, we established the, well, the, the salon model wasn't actually designed to leverage blow dries. It, they make their biggest mm. margins off of cut and color. So blow dries are an afterthought. They're totally unimportant. And there's no consideration about um, making that an experience. So we said, well, let's pull it out. Let's give it its own um, physical space and let's design an experience around the blow dry. And we came up with this concept of the hair menu that, that was totally new and a big part of what was category defining about blow. And we researched the top um, requested styles in salons around the world. And then we created a hair menu of eight designs that were the most requested looks. And we trained people in a school called Blow U, Blow University. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you would learn how to do, you know, the, the most requested hairstyles in 30 minutes. And believe it or not, you know, when you would pay to go to hair school, and um, which is is you know, no, no lack of commitment in going to a program for aesthetics or beauty. It's also very expensive. Um, they never used to train on what is called finishing, which is a blow mm -hmm. dry. And, and so people would often come to blow you and it became also an incredible recruitment tool. Um, but it was through establishing that, that the salon model hadn't been built to leverage the blow dry experience that we then said, Hey, let's, Let's give it its own space. Let's design a hair menu around it. Can we make it $30? Can we make it 30 minutes? That made it within the threshold of an affordable luxury. So as we entered into the recession, like we are about to now, <laughs> love growing a business in a recession, apparently. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but really interestingly, um, there's something called the lipstick index. And... Um, it's linked to um, one of our historical world wars and um, Chanel and that the things that are the same or less than the cost of a Chanel lipstick tend to thrive, not only survive, but thrive in times of a recession. So we did well because we were an affordable luxury. So even when mm -hmm. people were battening down the hatches financially, um, they were still wanting to do little bits here and there that made them feel good. And we were one of those things. So something I want to really highlight for, for those listening or watching this, um, you, yes, you, you, uh, created a category defining company and, um, provided all of these jobs and all of the success that comes with building a good business. But 
the thing that I actually find the most interesting is actually just going back to, to the beginning of the story where your mom went to this conference and noticed this thing and, and called you and you talked about it. And there was this like inherent curiosity between the two of you of like, why is that? That curiosity ultimately leads to everything else. But unless you ask that why, none of the rest of it happens. Is that just something that, that like your, your mom taught you growing up or like, where does that curiosity come from for you? Well, I'd like to believe that curiosity is innate, but I've been a human on the planet for 35 years and <laughs> I understand that there are a lot of people that do move through the world. Um, that in, in a way in which I would say lacks curiosity, mm -hmm. openness. Um, and, and what that means to me is the idea that, that something different is always possible. And, um, and I think I was very fortunate to be raised by entrepreneurs. Um, though I will say that it wasn't a conversation. Like we never talked about entrepreneurship the way that entrepreneurship gets talked about now. Um, mm -hmm. I just watched my parents go out into the world and solve problems and build businesses around those problems or those opportunities. And, and it's, it's, you know, what I had known the same way that we could sit here together and I'd say, both my parents were dentists. And so of course, you know, <laughs> I love a good set of pearly whites and, <laughs> and, you know, for me, curiosity was inherent. My mom had mm -hmm. role modeled it to me my whole life. And in all the ways that matter when you're a, a young developing person, I, I always, um, was was shown this way of uh, question asking. And I understood that life was about asking good questions from an early age. Mm. So let's, uh, let's, let's switch here to uh, your latest round of question asking and curiosity. <laughs> um, well, it's very quickly, are you still involved with blow or have you exited that business? <laughs> That's amazing. That's a nice little, uh, uh, perk. Like you built the thing you wanted. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I, I, I exited out of that business operationally and, and mm -hmm. uh, sold my shares to our merger partners alongside my two partners in my late twenties and then followed my mom's footsteps and became a leadership coach myself. And I did that for the next six years, I met the father mm -hmm. of the children and had those two gorgeous babies along the way who are six and seven now and, um, ran my coaching practice across Canada, um, the U S and Mexico, and really got up close and personal with the coaching space, um, in, in a way that I hadn't before. Okay. So as you were in the, the beginning days of, of building blow, and I'm assuming all the way through, um, you relied heavily on coaching. After you exited, you decided, you know what, I'm going to provide that value to somebody else. As you were doing that, what problem did you see that led to, I need to build something for this? A few. <laughs> A few. Um, you know, I started to get so excited by the efficacy studies that were coming out around coaching. You know, mm -hmm. the, the industry sort of form... Um, uh, formalized around the seventies and eighties in the executive leadership space. 
and there were a few like key names and key people that were let's say the um the, the creators and um and those that really inspired the development of the industry um and it it grew in the executive leadership space and largely stayed there and so finally we were seeing efficacy studies from you know INSEAD, Stanford, um, Harvard, that were showing, hey, this experience coaching, this tool elevates optimism, creativity, cognitive flexibility, emotional intelligence. And at the same time, the World Economic Forum had put out a study that said, look, the only thing guaranteed is an uncertain future. And in times of uncertainty, the most important skills and, and qualities or traits of an individual, of a leader in any capacity are these things. And I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is beautiful. And then I looked to the other side of coaching and all I saw were issues around inclusivity. Um, and actually I would even say the, the um, more extreme version, which is being exclusive and non-invitational. It was extremely white. It was extremely expensive. It existed within, um, you know, the, the confines of executive spaces. Um, it grew largely by referral, which meant that it stayed exclusionary and white and privileged and all, all those things that were problematic to its, to its growth and to its reaching its potential and serving the most amount of people. And, and it wasn't a part of, um, you know, it wasn't a part of the culture. It wasn't powered by, you know, seamless technology experiences. So I knew that I wanted to get coaching into the hands of the next generation of my generation and those that would follow. And in order to do that, it would have to be more affordable. It would have to be more accessible. Um, and the third piece of that was that coaching was evolving. It was no more just about, you know, career growth and executive leadership. There is mindfulness coaching, there was health coaching, relationship coaching, coaching that supports well-being. And, and I saw that there was a growing need for people to utilize coaching in multiple capacities, that you may be a solopreneur or freelancer doing your own thing. You engage a coach to support you in your business growth and your development as an emergent leader. You're probably going to start to make your first couple of hires. These are all things you work with your coach. And then you get into a beautiful, intimate partnership. You want to grow that partnership. And then you want to start having relationship coaching. Well, likely those two experiences are not going to come from the same people. So now you need coaching for multiple resources. And I wanted that to happen all in the same beautiful experience. And so Sphere was born. And you know, it's an ecosystem, um, marketplace, and platform for delivering exceptional, transformational, personal and professional coaching experiences. So that's it for this first conversation with Devin Brooks. I'm going to have links to her new company as well as her Twitter and Instagram and whatever other social I can find of hers. And those will all be in the description of this episode. Make sure you tune in to the next episode where I'm going to be continuing this conversation with her. This entire conversation was phenomenal, super fun to have. So I know you're going to get a ton of value out of it. If you are listening to this right now, join us over on YouTube. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Be sure to subscribe while you're there and leave a comment. Let me and Devin know what you think of the conversation thus 
far. If you're ready to beat procrastination, you're ready to finally get started on the things that you've been putting off, text the word START to 910-407-1979 now. And with that said, I've been Greg Clunas, and remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. We'll be right back.